The following is a presentation of Gallery Church Downtown, part of a family of neighborhood churches seeking to display God's greatness to the world. For more information, please visit gcbdowntown.com. Final exhortation. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. God bless all who hear this word in Jesus' name. This is what learning to have joy in life looks like. Some of you that are guests of ours this week, this means nothing to you. Um, but the, 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 the idea of, of the fact that you and I are never going to find joy unless we learn to work for it. Okay, I just want you guys, that is, if there's anything you hear the rest of the time today, um, I, I need us to understand is if you don't learn how to work at getting joy in your life, you will not find it. You will have moments of happiness. You'll have moments where it's almost like some of you are ticklish and somebody knows how to tickle you and they can get the response that tickling you comes out of it. And the rest of you like me that aren't ticklish, you don't know what that feels like. All right. But some of you, you go around in life and you're looking for one happy moment to the next. And that's not sustainable. Life is too difficult. There's too many problems. There's too many things that we face. And if there's anything that we've been learning over the last several weeks together is the fact that joy is something that we have to pursue and it's something that you and I have to learn to work for. Um, let's put the definition that we've been working on this past for this last series. Would one of you stand up from where you are and read this out loud? Yes, praise the Lord. That, that, that brings me happiness right now. I didn't, but this is the same. All right, so today's title is Resolute Joy. This is how we're ending it. Let me give you um, some synonyms of the word resolute. Look at these words. Determined, purposeful, resolved, decided, adamant, single-minded, firm, unswerving, unwavering, undaunted, fixed, set, Intent, insistent, steadfast, staunch, stalwart, I don't know what that means, earnest, <laughs> deliberate, unflattering, unhesitating, unflinching, persevering, and persistent. I mean, those are powerful words to talk about what it takes for you and I to find joy. Those are effort words. Do you guys hear that? There's effort in those words. 
How many of you are really big into all the superhero films that have been coming out besides my children and myself? Be honest, please. The rest of you don't care? Oh, wow, I was shocked. I didn't feel like that this would be that bad of an illustration. All right? Because right, in my heart of hearts, I'm really a DC comic guy, all right? But the Marvel film is really doing so much better at producing films. But I like some of the DC characters better. And in the DC films, there's a moment when Aquaman shows up and he just puts his, what is that thing called that he has? The trident, thank you very much. See, there's more of you that are into superheroes than you <laughs> raised your hand. He just puts his his trident down and he just holds back the waves and the pressure so that Batman can climb up his little tower thingy that he was in because he has no superpowers. He's just rich, right? And so, um, so we, we find ourselves in our joy series where you and I, if we're going to go back to the Philippians four verses that we've read, is that you and I need to understand that if you and I have the posture that we have now, where we're seated and are hoping to be taught something that sticks with us, we will never experience joy. This really needs to be more of a everybody stand up, everybody grab a tool, and for the next 10 minutes we're just going to practice work because that's really what our faith and following after Jesus really is going to look like. Because if we wait to experience joy, it's not going to come. And so coming back to Philippians chapter 4 just for a moment. Paul is encouraging them to find their joy by being, like, determined to pray. Can I tell you guys something as a pastor? Is that there are not many complicated things to us following Jesus. We make it complicated. There are several simple things that Jesus and his disciples modeled for us. Jesus taught. Jesus' disciples started to teach. And then we started to learn from them and begin to see the early church. One thing that they stayed disciplined to do was learning to pray. And if you and I never learn to pray, we are going to have a hard time finding joy in our life. Because according to Paul, to this church, which he was in chains, by the way, he was in prison. He was being held captive. He didn't have his freedoms as he's talking to this church about the struggles that they were facing. And he's saying to them, you and I have got to develop our prayer language because it's in our prayer life that we can yield all of our stresses and anxieties to the Lord. All the things that trouble your heart this morning, our prayer posture can be us just saying, Father, right now, my financial burden is before you. My relationship with my roommates or my work, I'm holding before you. And we have a conduit to release all of those anxieties and all those worries. And you and I have got to develop our ability to pray. We also put on on the wall over here, um, our pure joy art that Albert made for us, which I, I love, by the way. But it says this, consider it pure joy. Consider it. Do you guys understand that the word consider is actually an activity of the mind? Like you can't consider something without actually taking time to think about it. You might look at it from different vantage points. You might measure it. You might actually test it with something, but you can't consider something without giving it some time. And there's other words that are mentioned in the book of Philippians, count and know. Those revolve action on our part. 
And if you and I aren't taking the time to consider or developing the discipline when we're outside of this room to say, when is my consider time? When am I allowing myself to learn, to contemplate what is true about God? What am I shaping my mind around? You know, I was drawn during this series to a book that I haven't read in a long time, but it's called The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. All right. Obviously, a Dutch woman that was hiding Jews during World War II in her home and another Dutch person ratted her out. And she ended up in the infamous, um, what was it called? The uh, Ravenbrook um, uh, prison camp. And so she's in this prison camp. And do any of you remember the one thing in the prison camp that was a resounding theme in the early parts of the book when she was talking about it? What was in the blankets? Fleas. They were infested with fleas. And they were terrible. Like it was beyond probably anything you and I have ever imagined regarding the rat problem in Baltimore or other things that we've experienced. But one of the things that, come, that came that Corey talked about was that she wanted, while she was still in the wor- one of the worst of all worst concentration camps, to have a Bible study. But yet, in the process of doing that, she was concerned that the guards would find out and would torture them or kill them because of their re- determination to have this Bible study. But guess what the guards feared more than anything? The fleas. So guess what in Corey's book became a praise? So at night when the fleas were biting them and were a part of just the, the, the torture of the environment, she said to the Lord, thank you for the fleas. Because the fleas gave them the protection that they needed to have a Bible study because they could go back to that part in the concentration camp and the guards would never go back there because they didn't want to walk away with fleas. Can I tell you that that takes a lot of work when you're in a Nazi concentration camp being persecuted beyond our wildest imagination to say, I am going to look hard in my current circumstances for an eternal perspective that's going to bring me joy. And right now, this infestation of fleas is a gift from the Lord because we can talk about Jesus and not worry about losing our life. How hard did Corey Tim Boom and those other ladies in that prison camp have to work to find joy? John's Gospel, which we're going to start this fall after we get past Labor Day weekend, says this in John 16, 33. And these are Jesus' words to his disciples. In this world, you will have trouble. Can I just tell you guys this? There's not a person that's breathing in this room right now, the smallest to the oldest one of us, that is going to go through this life and not experience troubles. We are going to experience trouble. It is going to come our way. Even Jesus himself, talking to his Father in heaven in Matthew 26, talking about the suffering that he knew that was coming his way, said to his Father in heaven, is there a cup, another cup? Is there another way? Can you take this cup from me? Can I tell you guys this? If you live long enough and you develop into your adult years long enough, you're going to have moments. And many times it'll be more than one. And if you're, if you're lucky in life, you might only have one. But you just, well, you'll turn your hands to the Father in heaven and say, is there another way? And guess what you're doing when you say that? You're praying. And that's what Paul told the Philippian church to do if they're going to even begin to find joy in life. 
is because the prayer life is going to fuel us to be able to reprogram a very important part of our body which needs to be reprogrammed. And what is it? Say it all out loud. Our mind. Now, we didn't all say it out loud, which means that maybe our minds aren't fully engaged. But can I tell you guys this? The brain that we have in it is been, has been corrupted from this world. The things that we think aren't always in line with what God wants us to think. And the only way that we're going to change that, according to Philippians chapter 4, is if you and I take time to measure what's in there, to think, what do I need to remove from there? And then what is actually coming in that I need to stop flooding in? Because if I don't stop it from flooding in, then I'm not going to be able to experience what real joy is in life. And so here's a question for you guys and for me as well. What unchangeable circumstances stand in the way of you and me choosing joy? Once you identify it, it shouldn't take you long. What in your life right now is keeping you from choosing joy? Because if that's the case, you've got to have some kind of spiritual discipline this week that allows you to start cultivating around it. And you just start figuring out a way of loosening the soil around it because you and I have got to do some gardening in our minds. We've got to allow the power of God's Spirit to continue to reveal those things to us. I love the way Henry Nouwen puts it. It's on a slide for you. Celebration is the unceasing affirmation that underneath all the ups and downs of life, there flows a solid current of joy. A solid current of joy. All right, some of you are still having a hard time talking back to me this morning. And I, I, I don't know if it's just the academic posture, but I want us to understand that if we can't practice saying it in this space, we're not going to say it out there where it's harder. We've got to figure out a way to get comfortable enough in this environment where we can say, you know what, I'm not good at finding joy. Can I practice it a few times on you before I leave the room? That's the authentic type of conversation that you and I need to have. We're trying to get that into the flow of our hospitality and into our worship and all of that. Because at the end of the day, guys, life is hard out there. And many of you are facing some incredibly difficult challenges that are not having a hard time coming to your mind. Like you're thinking, you've identified it, and you might even have a whole patch of problems. And you might need to go to some trusted people this week and say, can you help me work on this section of my life together with me? That's why there's a pile of tools and not a singular tool in here. Because you and I are invited to make an, a divine exchange. Can I, can, I, can I help us just for a moment? Imagine, all right, superheroes are out that didn't relate to half of you. Shopping, does it relate to most of you? All right. Can you, just for a moment, think about it this way? I believe that on, on days like today, as we're opening up the scriptures, you're getting a chance to see a whole bunch of items in our life that we need. It's almost like as if you're getting a chance on a Sunday morning and the stage is circular and it says 100% off, come and take whatever size you need. And so some of us today, our closet wardrobe might be missing perseverance or our, our wardrobe might be missing love or compassion or gentleness or kindness. And there might be something up here that we need in order to um, have a more complete wardrobe. But the only problem is, is you only have a set number of hangers in your life. And so in order to take one from here, what do you have to do with one that's on a hanger? You have to get rid of it. 
Sometimes it's not worth donating. All right. I just want you guys to understand this. When we had our house fire 16 years ish ago, oh, uh, Caleb, how old are you? 16. Yes. So I'm, like, I'm asking you because the, he was two months old when we lost everything we owned. And so people actually, out of the kindness of their heart, brought us stuff. But some people brought us some really, 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 really used stuff. So if it has holes in the socks, don't donate them to people, okay? If, if it smells badly to you, it probably will smell badly to the person you're giving it to, all right? But here's the thing. Certain things in our life, like anger and rage and ignorance and incompetence are things that you don't want to leave in a pile for somebody else to pick up. Some of that stuff needs to be burnt, like trashed all out. And that's what Colossians 3 is written the way that it is. But we have a clothes rack that we can come to pull out what we need, we can take off something that we don't need, and there can be a divine exchange in our life. And that's what Paul is talking about to the Philippian church. And so let me summarize the series for you before we close. And I'm going to do it through a series of I choose statements, okay? So I think the words I choose are on a slide for you. And this is all that I want you to be able to focus on right now, all right? I know I've pushed us to our limits with the voices in the room. So here, listen to this. I choose to stop digging my own broken cisterns, okay? Now, if you remember the first week that we taught this, we talked about the fact that some of you put too much value in other people's opinions of you. Others of you are putting too much value in the places that you get to go or the places that you live. Others of us, we are too tied to our possessions and it is a cistern that runs dry and it will not sustain you. Others of us, it's not just the position, it's a possessions, it's our position. Like if I just had a, an advancement at work, if I had just, if I was just the boss, if I was just the owner, if I was just whatever, if I could just get a little bit farther ahead. And I want to tell you guys this, those positions are not what bring us joy. They maybe could bring us a short term sense of happiness, but it doesn't. In others of us, our cistern is personality. We are so wrapped up in our own personality that we can't even begin to choose joy. We're just like, this is just the way that I am. I'm just, I'm just an Eeyore at life, and so I'm just going to be this way. And I just want to tell you guys this. There is a divine exchange available to all of us because Jesus is fresh water. And if you feel like you're drinking stagnant water, most likely you're not drinking from Jesus Christ. We also need to choose to seek the eternal over the temporary every time. We have to learn to think about what is ahead and not what is right in front of us. God has a value system. Matthew 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is adamantly clear about what God values versus what man values, what religion values, and what all these other political organizations value. If you want to know the heart of God, Jesus began to reveal it. And in order for us to have joy, we must choose to have that eternal perspective. And you can even get a quick refresh of that on Mark 8 on the wall over there. We also need to choose to be a person who nurtures joy in ourselves. You and I have got to be a person that pursues it, that learns to work at it. Too much of our faith, we want God to just give us. Like one of these days, God's just going to pour it out on me and I'm going to have it. Guys, that's not the way it always works. God wants to move us. He wants to work in our life, 
But if you're sitting back and waiting for God to do all the work, he's like, no, I want you to be faithful with what I've taught you, and then I'll give you more. We need to be active. We need to be moving. You and I need to choose to make changes in our daily lives. Did any of you in here follow the A21 movement, the, the, the movement to free slaves, especially women in trafficking situations? Anybody in here? Not many of you? Okay, I'm going to need to highlight this for you guys. Um, Christine Kane is the lady who started that. Any of you familiar with that name? Some of you? All right. She made a big stink in the news this week. If you just search her through Twitter or social media, because she's fighting to get women freed from sex trafficking while the church is talking about Game of Thrones. And so she's just like, listen, because she walked into a meeting that where people were there to talk about freeing women out of traffic situations. But she's like, but your entertainment's all about what we're against. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And so needless to say, that's all I have to say. Just go read the threads around her. Because at the end of the day, guys, if you and I want joy in our life, you and I have got to be careful of what we're eating, what our diet is, what are we taking in, and how are women being portrayed? How are people being abused? What are the things that are happening in the sources of entertainment that I'm drinking in? You and I have to choose daily to seek things that bring life and value and intentionally look for joyous mentors, people that can help mentor us. And the last point is this. We need to choose to live with a grateful heart. Eyes wide open. You and I have got to realize that there's a reason why there's two train tracks here. Because every day we have sorrows and we have joys. And what are we fixing our eyes on? And here's the end of the conversation for us as we choose joy. Here is the closing prayer over all of the other voices competing with me today. Is this. I trust you, God. You and I will not experience joy if we don't have that become our prayer. You and I will not... Yeah, thank you, Julian. We will not have the opportunity to experience joy in our life if we can't at some point have a prayer that's authentic from our heart to Him saying, God, I trust You. Jesus said it on the cross. We're going to talk about it next week at Pentecost. Let me give you a little foreshadowing. Jesus trusted his life in the hands of his heavenly father and he was resurrected three days later. Okay? You and I can trust God with our life, even if it feels like we're going to die, but that is not the outcome. God brings life and he brings it abundantly, but you and I have to trust him with our life and you and I have to develop the... the, disciplines in our life to courageously, passionately, with resolute life, say, I am going to be a joyful person. We just have to figure out a way of making that happen. We have to find the thing that's robbing our joy and garden the heck out of it and get it out because God wants to fill in all those spaces. Let me pray for us. Father, As we get ready to sing to you and respond, I just ask in Jesus' name that we as a church would realize that there is much work to be done for our mind. We have got to think differently. We have got to find all the things that are telling us that you're not trustworthy and get it out because you are trustworthy. Father, we have got to find all the things that are lies and replace it with truth. And we've got to focus ourselves. We've got to consider. We've got to know. We've got to count. 
So, Lord, would you please help us as a church to develop the disciplines to do those things? Father, would you give us the passion to find joy in our lives like Corey Timboom was willing to find joy while she was in a concentration camp in the fleas that allowed them to have a Bible study. So God, would you help us, Lord, to be known for joy in hardship. Father, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.